Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. are back in town via satellite via satellite we are back to talk ufc 253 we haven't talked since uh we did the 252 live commentary right that was yeah. that was insanely yep. hard to do yep. and i knew it was going to be insanely hard to do i knew it was going to be insanely hard to do we did the first fight uh, i forget who the fighters were but we basically were looking at each other the entire time we're like are we gonna have to talk through this entire five round fight and by the time it was over and we clicked on record we were like ah, it's over we are doing <laughs> yeah, we are doing yeah. takes after the fights from now on yeah exactly exactly except you know what uh during the main event with uh cormier and uh stipe we were like you know what we just kind of like let it roll because there was always stuff to talk about in between each fight since it was such an entertaining fight yeah we definitely wanted to get like the ko win if it happened like get our reactions instead we yeah and it was close it was close yeah instead we got dc kind of going blind did you ever hear what happened with his eye yeah so uh he spoke about it actually he um he didn't need surgery, which was obviously good yeah. for him, you know. You, you never want surgery, really. But uh, he said, he, you know, he had something torn in his eye, but it was kind of just a rest type of thing, and it'll get better over time. But, uh, yeah, he said he couldn't see for a little bit out of that eye for a while, and that I think now he's, you know, pretty much back to normal. But uh, he said for a while it felt like he had, like, an eyelash, you know, stuff in his eye for a while, and then eventually he starts to fade out and feel better. That's interesting. And he also talked about commentating in WWE, out. right? Like, that was his next thing. Did you see that? WWE? Yeah. I mean, I know, like, his name has always been thrown around ever since they moved to Fox for him to do, like, color commentary with Michael Cole or something like that. But, like, he's actually interested this time in actually signing a contract with WWE to do stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think com- he's a great commentator. I mean, he knows a lot about all that kind of stuff. I know he's a big fan of the WWE, and obviously, you know, we could tell he's a good commentator from UFC. Um, I enjoy listening to him, but yeah, I could definitely see him doing that, and he could definitely do both. Like, you know, one thing I noticed was, because I've started to watch Bellator a little bit, and the referees are the same in both Bellator and the UFC. Like, Bellator doesn't have their own. I mean, I'm sure both have some referees that only do one or the other, but... Like, the big ones actually do uh, both, which is interesting. So I'm sure commentating, like, DC probably could make both work. You know, I, I'm sure the UFC wouldn't want to lose him, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I'm sure he could, you know, make both work. I mean, Dana and Vince have been able to pull off deals like that before, and especially for a commentator, it's like, who cares, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And even if, like... It's a thing where, you know, he's got his UFC schedule and then he's just got to fill it in, you know, the rest of his time. I mean, I'm sh- he's got to have a lot more time now that he's not, you know, doing fight camps twice twice a year, you know. So. And again, just for the record, I'm very disappointed we didn't get to see him versus Lesnar uh, in the octagon, which they teased. Yeah, like, that's literally the only fight I've seen teased on pay-per-view live 
where Lesnar actually gets into the ring after his title fight win and shoves him, and then it just didn't happen. I know, I know, and they haven't done that. It like they haven't done that since the old school days, like a long, yeah. long time ago. And um, they did it there, and, and they, I think they were realistically trying to get that to happen. I think DC wanted it to happen, and I think uh, what happened really was like Brock just went dark. If I'm being honest, uh, that that's kind of my take. Um, I obviously DC was there. You know what I mean? DC ended up fighting uh, against Derek Lewis and then defended against Stipe, and then, you know, you ended up getting the trilogy. But he was there. He, I think he was ready to, to face Brock, I think, just, you know, I also money in WWE. Yeah, I mean, I also think that was right around the time where he tested positive in that pool, right? Like, that's when everything I'm went down, sure. and then he retired I'm shortly sure after. That, that defaulted it, too, and it yeah. just pushed it down the line a little bit more. And Brock's also old. I'm pretty sure he's, like, 43. He's not human, um, though. He, he's not a normal 43-year-old. No, that is very true. And he's also facing an older guy in Daniel Cormier. But, you know, I mean, when you look at it, like, if he were to fight him right now, yeah. compared to, like, when they were talking about it and when he went into the, the that ring and made the whole segment and stuff, a lot of time's gone by then, you know what I mean? Um, that was in 2018. And he just fought two years earlier against Mark Hunt in 2016, so that time gap wasn't too too far. But now it's been four years, you know, so that's obviously a much bigger bigger time gap. And he's definitely not like, I mean, he's obviously in shape and he's working out and doing that kind of stuff, but not, I don't think personally, I don't think like fight fight ready, you know right. what I mean, or consistently like that. Well, would have been a great fight yeah. to see though, for sure. Well, on that topic, I guess we can just kind of wipe this out of the way. The whole Brock Lesnar situation, everybody knows he's a free agent now, quote-unquote free agent. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes, behind the curtain with him, Vince, Dana. Dana says he's never heard from him or hasn't heard from him since he became a quote-unquote free agent. Uh, AEW would be in the mix for him, too, in pro wrestling and the pro wrestling side of the industry. I know we've talked about this a few times. What's your take kind of on the whole Brock Lesnar situation? Do you think that this could open the door for him and Dana to start some dialogue down the road, or do you think he's just content with doing whatever right now? You know what? um, This isn't the first time he's been a free agent. We've heard things like this. Um, And honestly, I think if Brock wanted to fight, he would have already. And I think if if he was interested now, we would have heard something, you know, like he would have reached out and, and said it. And I know Bellator said, you know, the owner of Bellator said that they reached out to his team to see if he was interested and whatnot. And the UFC's obviously got their own stuff. They're not chasing anyone. So if they want to, you know, if people want to have fights, they'll come to the UFC, not, you know, the UFC chasing people. They don't really need to. And, um, He's probably just looking for a bigger contract. I mean, I I could see him, though, going to that other promotion of wrestling before he signs with WWE again, though, for sure. I definitely think that could happen. That that's kind of an interesting wild card in my eyes. Like I like you just said, like this isn't the first time it's happened. It's kind of the first time it's happened where he's been a free agent for as long as he's had. If he still is a free agent, you know, like he may have signed something. It, they just haven't gone public with it. I'd say so. I remember when he left the UFC the first time he signed with WWE like immediately, and people knew about it. And you want to know another thing though is Brock's a very private, closed off guy. 
I'm sure he has private closed off conversations with Vince and right. everyone he deals with in WWE. They've probably said, you know, look, there's not much we want to do with you right now until there's a crowd again. We're just going to wait. And there's maybe no point in getting a contract together until, you know, that happens. He's probably got plenty of money. He's probably living comfortably. There's no need for him to do anything right now, you know? But at the same time, and that was my initial thought process, too, when we talked about it, was that Brock Lesnar is going to do whatever the hell Brock Lesnar wants to do. And obviously, Vince McMahon has the most money to dump uh, in his driveway with his dumpster truck, if you ever wanted to do that. And, you know, like, we've seen it before where Brock Lesnar's a free agent, and then all of a sudden, uh, UFC talks start to ramp up, and actual UFC talks start to ramp up, where this time he's not really talking to Dana, but, like, last time, he was talking to Dana. There was some dialogue, and Vince just again brought that that dumpster truck and dumped a pile of money on his front lawn and Lesnar was just like okay I can't deny this but in this situation I mean yeah no crowds definitely I feel like has a factor to it WWE being out of the performance center or in the Thunderdome as they're calling it right now in uh, the I think it's the Amway Arena in Orlando Florida I just don't think I feel like he would have signed already. Like Vince would have given him the amount of money that he was asking for and then some already just to keep him in the fray. Like the fact that he's been a free agent for as long as he has now, about a month or two, whatever however long it's been. I've kind of lost track of time since all this went down in March. I I truly believe that the door is open for someone like Tony Khan and All Elite Wrestling to potentially get Lesnar for a few dates, despite them not really wanting to be that same, uh, or like have the same image as WWE in that sense, where they bring in a part-timer to come in for the big matches, the big pay-per-views. They were going to do Jericho versus Tyson. That's obviously off right now because he's fighting Jones in November. But Brock Lesnar is kind of just a different entity all in all because of who he is, you know? Like, if Dana White and him aren't talking at all, and we're not going to see Lesnar versus Jones, potentially, because John Jones was calling him out on Twitter, like only John Bones Jones knows how to do, why not sign with All Elite Wrestling and take on the likes of Kenny Omega or, or John Moxley now for the AEW world title? I mean, that's a match everybody would want to see. Yeah. Now, my question is, is does uh, AEW have the money to... Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I've told you a few times, Tony Khan is, uh, I guess, richer, I guess you could say. He has more money than uh, Vince McMahon, or at least his father does, you know, because he now owns, okay. he, he owns so AEW. So feeding him? Right, so he owns AEW, he owns Daly's Place in Jacksonville. They basically own Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, uh, they own the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they own that stadium, oh, TIAA Bank Stadium. So, okay. Interesting. So they for sure have enough money to throw yeah, in Lesnar's well, face. I didn't realize that. They have money, yeah. And they might give him way more freedom to do whatever the hell he wants, too, you know? Not that not that he does yeah. a lot. I feel like Lesnar's a lot. Lesnar's literally suplex, 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 F5, and then he's done. But who knows? Maybe he yeah, has a creative that side. That is true. Maybe he has a creative side that Vince won't let him use. Yeah. Is he going to get Heyman back if he goes to WWE? Probably not. Heyman's with Roman Reigns now. Did you see that? Yeah, I know. What the hell is that? I know. I, it's a great pairing. It's a great pairing. I mean... How are, they, how are they doing together? Is it like... So far from what I've seen, it's great. I mean... Uh, they're taking a chance. I think they're doing Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso for the Universal Championship at Clash of the Champions. 
Interesting. So it's going to be like cousin versus cousin. But yeah, Roman Reigns is a full-fledged heel. It's actually really cool to see. I mean, it's a perfect pairing. I mean, those guys have like so much history together on screen, uh, storyline-wise, yeah. with him and Lesnar, obviously. So I, I think this wouldn't have happened if there were live crowds. They're definitely experimenting to see how it works. And it's working out probably a lot better than Vince had hoped because he wants him to be the next John Cena. But now he's like the biggest heel in the business, so he's probably going to be the most popular. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, I kind of stopped, you know, paying attention to it. But it's, yeah. it's interesting to hear about for sure. Yeah, have you ever told that story of the time you stopped watching WWE? Because Goldberg squashed Brock Lesnar in 90 seconds. No, but then I watched I watched Lesnar get his championship back. Um, That's right, at WrestleMania, yeah. You were over for that. Yeah, but, but yeah, but you know what? They just started doing some really ridiculous things, and they it was right around that time when they when they were pushing like they were they were pushing reins and then like threw him off a cliff and then they tried to push him again it was like well why well they were doing that well there was one point in 2016 i know they pushed him like hell he won the title like three times he beat triple h at wrestlemania and then he tested positive for uh performance enhancing drugs so they had to suspend him, take the title off him, suspend him, and then he was kind of like in the mid-card. But like literally, they're like, all right, we're going to take the world title off you. You're going to be gone for a month. Then you're going to come back, and you're going to be the United States champion. That's your punishment. That's basically what it was. He, he, he literally went from main-card champion to mid-card champion, and that was his punishment. And John Cena actually called him out on TV once for that. He's like, yeah, I went around making the United States Championship the most relevant title in the business with his U.S. Open challenges, and Roman Reigns took it as a, as a uh, demotion, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so Brock Lesnar... Brock Lesnar is a free agent. Dana White says he has not heard from him once. He says that he'd love to be in touch and just ask how the family's doing, how his kids are doing, and all that stuff. But at the same time, he hasn't heard from him at all. So I don't think we're going to see Lesnar versus Jones, which would be the fight to give right now, right? Yeah, and even, or even Stipe. I mean, with everything Stipe has accomplished, um, I'd like to see Stipe fight him. I mean... But we're just not going to see. We're just not going to see Lesnar. Yeah, I, and again, my prediction is that Vince is just going to dump a pile of money on his front lawn, uh, probably in the next few months towards WrestleMania season. Because WrestleMania 37, right now, is supposed to take place in the new Hollywood Stadium in Los Angeles for the Rams and the Chargers. Which is, which would be a huge, it would be a huge get if you could actually have a crowd in there. You probably could because it's just as big as AT and T Stadium, and they're having game or crowds for Cowboys games. Yeah, I mean some football, um, some football stadiums are having people, and I guess it depends on the state, you know, what's going on with the different areas. But yeah, uh, some football stadiums are having people. I noticed, which is pretty cool. I mean, it's better than no one, I guess. I mean, I know the empty. stadiums are having um you know the fake noise and stuff which is better to watch you can kind of hear you know some noise but i find it pretty cool i mean i'm, I'm very interested to see like when fights will have uh crowds back and and baseball and all those sports and um obviously baseball's not going to get it for the rest of the year uh, i don't think but um Football very well could. You know, there's still a lot of season left, so. Yeah, I mean, like obviously, I said. More teams. Obviously, some teams are already, which is right. 
pretty cool. I didn't even know that they were doing that until I, you know, watched the Chiefs play and a couple other teams. Well, I mean, football stadiums have a lot larger capacity when it comes to seats, so people could spread out more. I I haven't looked at. I know the Cowboys are selling tickets in like the two fifty three hundred range, which isn't terrible if you wanted yeah. to go to one game, but at no, the same time, honestly, not worth right it now, entirely. Not being able to go to any events, it's probably worth it. You know what I mean? No one's gone to any events in a long time, yeah. so that's pretty cool. I mean, bef- you know, before we get into the fights, how about the Cowboys win over Atlanta, huh? I'm not again like I'm I'm numb dude I'm numb to the Dallas Cowboys at this point like they they won the offense looked great defense looked terrible they still gave up okay. 39 points Fair enough now they have such superstars though like such superstars and yet they like somehow managed to to you know be losing 20 nothing to Atlanta which was so shocking I thought that they were going to put little bit of a beatdown. I mean, every year to me, I always think, wow, like Dallas is going to be filthy this yeah. year. That's the expectation. Changes, they only add, they only make, you know, upgrades and somehow they end up... That's how they lure you in. I know. Yeah. But you know what? Are, are they 2-0 and now? They're 1-1. One one. So they lost the, by 7 to the Rams on opening night on Sunday Night Football and then they won oh, by 1. Right. Yeah. They really should have won that too, though. I mean, yep. I don't know. They're playing close games. The Rams are definitely better this year, but I don't. I don't know. Story of my life, dude. Right there, like you're telling me, is like, yeah. Every year, the Cowboys look like they're gonna be great on paper. I'm like, that's how they get you. That's how Jerry Jones gets yeah. you. And then they play. Yeah. I mean, you gotta think they'll do better than next uh, than last year, right? Only time will tell. I really don't want to talk about it. You yeah. want to talk about the fights? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about the fights. Well, we'll talk about it like week 16 once they're 8-8 eight eight again, and I can say I told you so. All right, all right. Well, we'll see. All right. We got Adesanya versus Costa. This is this is probably the biggest fight, or at least the most anticipated fight from a fight, from a fight fan standpoint that we've had since COVID started, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, obviously we just had, you know, Covington versus Woodley that just happened, but that kind of flew under the radar, you know? Like, yeah. With no crowd, and normally that would have been pay-per-view quality fight, um, especially if it was a few years ago when Woodley was the champ. That would have been huge, you know what I mean? That would have been a huge pay-per-view. Um, so it kind of flew under the radar in my eyes. Uh, that was a great fight. I mean... As far as, you know, diehard anticipation, yeah, this is definitely, um, besides that fight and a couple pay-per-views, but yeah, Adesanya versus Costa is going to be gnarly, honestly. I mean, I could see it going, you know, a couple different ways, but um, you got two superstars that are undefeated. I mean, you never seen any of these guys lose, so, you know, no one knows how they're going to lose, you know? I mean, obviously, you can break it down but it's gonna be a fun one for sure i mean when you look back at it obviously geechee taking down ferguson's the shocker of the year because that was the first that was the first pay-per-view in the covid era right yeah yeah and then obviously last month we had the big heavyweight fight between cormier and stipe miocic which ended up going the way we thought it was going to go you mentioned some of the fight nights like the woodley fight uh definitely i think that probably went under the radar because it was a fight night um, yeah, exactly. I mean, Poirier versus Hooker was a fantastic fight. Um, potential, you know, fight fight of the year candidate yeah. right there. That was pretty good as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
big, big name fights. I mean, obviously, you know, we're going to get Khabib versus Gaethje uh, coming up, so that's going to be a fun one, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd say as far as big names, this is this is probably, I mean, you know, Usman versus Burns was big as well. Um, there's been some big ones, but... So, so analyze this one for me. Like, get into like fighter mode for me here, because, like you said, none of them have none of them have lost professionally. Like, there's really I don't know. Like, when we go into predictions, who who to who to choose here? Obviously, Adesanya, he has six more wins. That's basically the only thing he has on him to this point. Like, what's his striking like? Like, I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen him fight before. Yeah, I mean. They call him the style bender, and uh, he was a pro, before coming into MMA, he was a pro kickboxer and very, very talented in kickboxing. Um, and that's how he's winning most of his fights. Uh, well, all of his fights. I mean, he's 19 and 0 um, in in MMA. Uh, obviously, had a lot of kickboxing experience previously, but long, tall, crazy reach. You know, he's very precise and very sharp. Uh, with his strikes can attack you with his legs and his you know hands obviously very dangerous all over but his mental IQ is also very sharp as well you know what I mean Interesting. He, he throws everything and sets everything up very intelligently and that's that's been his key to his success and why he's got the championship you know in my mind I think what Robert Whitaker who is the previous champ who Adesanya beat is a very talented 185 pound fighter um and especially with how he, his style of fighting, I mean, he is the best brawler in that division for sure, beating Romero twice and a lot of those guys. And and Adesanya went in there and basically kind of picked him apart. Um, but, you know, he's fighting a guy in Paul Casa who is big for the weight class, slightly shorter than Adesanya, but big. Right. Uh, has a big weight cut, absolutely jacked, super cut. People don't know how he makes the weight. People think he's, you know, on juice. Obviously, he's not because he's passing all of his USADA tests. But the guy's big, and he's got power and knockout power. I mean, we see that with Yoel Romero, too, though. And he, you just said he, he kicked his ass twice. So. Yeah. Well, that, so the thing about Paul Costa is that he basically just marches you down. And the interesting thing with uh, Rome, uh, Romero facing Adesanya, which happened um, – that was actually the last pay-per-view with fans was Adesanya versus uh, Romero. And Romero kind of wanted Adesanya to fight him, and and I think Adesanya kind of wanted Romero to come at him, and they both wanted to play that counter game. And that's kind of why people thought it was a boring fight. I thought stylistically, it was, and when you watch it, it was pretty entertaining, but a lot of people thought it was a boring fight because it wasn't going crazy. Right. Um, Obviously, Romero didn't really try to take it to the ground, and if he did, he probably could have won the fight, but he wanted to stand, just, you know, how he's been using his MMA style. But Costa fought Romero and walked him down and, you know, won a close fight, dropped Romero, um, hit Romero with a lot of strikes. I mean, this guy, he he walks everyone down and, and KOs them or beats the hell out of them. So that's the thing, you know. How's the fight gonna, you know, finish? Uh, how's, you know, what's gonna be the outcome? I mean, you got Adesanya who could very well just pick him apart, take him to the later rounds, either win a, a decision pretty 
dominantly or maybe get a finish if he can get Costa tired, which Costa puts a lot of output in, um, hasn't fought in, you know, a five-round fight in the UFC yet. And um, Costa, you know, throwing everything you got in your punches and walking guys down. I mean, it's got to be tiring, especially when you're fighting a guy like Adesanya who can move, dip, you know, move around, yeah. avoid punches. He's long. He's going to have the reach advantage. So it's going to be tough. But if he clips him, if he catches him, I'm talking about Costa uh, catching Adesanya, it's lights out. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's tough. So it's basically what you're kind of saying here. It's going to be intelligence versus power. Well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, basically. And if Costa, though, comes in with an approach that he hasn't really fought with, it it could be dangerous because Adesanya is definitely thinking he's coming in and going to try and charge him down like he has done in every UFC, every UFC fight he's had, um, which I think a lot of people think he's going to do, which he very well might do. He might try to put him out within the first three rounds, and that's probably his best chance uh, if he does that. But... If he takes a little bit of a slower approach, the first two rounds, and then starts to pour it on, could give Adesanya a little bit of trouble. I mean, Costa does throw a lot of power, but his strikes are pretty sharp. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't throw too, too wild. He's very accurate, but he throws with a lot, so he could tire himself out potentially. It's so tough to pick. I mean, it's, it's hard not to pick the champion, obviously, and... and with how he's been beating everyone and everyone he's fought. I mean, he's got a great resume. <sighs> to be honest with you, I want Costa to win. I think I don't like how Adesanya talks, to be honest with you. I mean, I know Costa talked a lot of shit, uh, you know, and recently. Uh, but if, if I had to pick a guy I wanted to win, I want to pick Costa. It's hard to pick against Adesanya, though, especially with the, how the styles match up. I would love to see Costa come out and surprise everyone. Costa just looks like a built champion. He looks like a, sure. uh, he looks like a heavyweight champion, dude. Like the guy is just and that's the thing. Like, swole. He He's yoked, very heavy. Like if he won the, this belt and is dominant, he very well could go up to two five. Yeah, theoretically, because he's big, he could do it. So what? You just don't like the way Adesanya trash talks? Is that the thing? Yeah, I mean. You know, when he has interviews, he's very uh, realistic and talks pretty straight up. Like, I've listened to him on Joe Rogan's podcast when he was coming up. Like, he sounds like a good dude. And then when he just, certain things he says, like the cockiness and the arrogance comes out. And just his mannerisms sometimes. And I don't like the dancing coming out to the fight. Like, he does kind of an entrance dance to his past couple fights. I don't like that stuff. I mean, you could say the same thing about King Connor. That's basically what he built his entire thing off of, which is the way he promoted fights. Yes, but he's not dancing coming out to the the octagon. He's doing the Vince McMahon strut, though. That's pretty pretty arrogant. That's probably the mecca of arrogance. Adesanya's doing, doing cartwheels and, you know, dancing and acting like he's, like, style bender and he's got powers. I don't like that stuff. I like the tough, badass guys who knock people out, flex, and, you know, that's that. But at the same time, you can't knock him because he's backed it up every time. He's 19-0. and 0. That is true. That is true. And I love Robert Whitaker, who was the past champ who Adesanya beat. 
um, obviously to gain the championship. And he beat him in, in, you know, round two, you know, knockout. So you can't discredit him at all. Um, I, I would like to see, speaking of Robert Whitaker, I'd love to see him back up on the, uh, um, you know, top. Yeah. Get a championship fight. So, so this fight... Again, I, I think it's the most anticipated fight. In in the eyes of a fighter fan perspective, this is the, the oh, fight yeah. of the year so far. And then the co-main event to me, I'm personally just not that invested in it just because of, if, if Dominic Reyes... I know it's a title fight, but if Dominic Reyes wins, I mean, that this is basically a title fight to see who fights John Jones next. Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's like, all right, who's the next best 205 pounder besides John Jones. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's what it is. Like, this is a title fight, but none of these guys are the best. Neither of these guys are the best, and everybody knows it. Everyone knows it, but if John Jones truly is gone from the 205 pound division, which when he released his belt, he's, you know, he said he is. He said he plans to move up to heavyweight. You know, he wants to take some time off, uh, put on some weight, put on some strength, and move up to heavyweight, and I'm assuming that's what he'll do and eventually get the title fight, whether it's his first fight or not. I don't know. Um, obviously, everyone, for the most part, thinks Stipe's next fight will be a rematch with Francis Ngannou. Um, but, all right, if he is truly gone, I would say Dominic Reyes is the best to a five-pounder uh, in the division with his resume, who he's beat. Um, just his fighting style, I mean... If he wins, it kind of cements him as, you know, the best 205-pound fighter who's in the division. Yes, John Jones is the best 205-pound fighter, but he did fight John Jones the closest probably of anyone. Maybe you could compare it to Gustafson the very first time. But uh, I do think Dominic Reyes is solid. Um, And I'm going to take him in this fight. Oh, yeah, me too. I think he's just, I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, Jan, uh, Blachowicz? I was going to go with Blachowicz. Yeah, it's right around there. I I can't always... We never get the names right, dude. um, Wait until the next three fights on the main card. You're going to have to help me out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, Jan has power, don't get me wrong. He's strong, I'm talented on the ground too um but i just think that uh dominic race is a little bit better all over and just sharper striker and i think he'll outpoint uh jan and jan's tough i don't think reyes will knock him out i mean he could but anyone could clip each other don't get me wrong but uh i, I got jan, uh reyes rather in the decision i mean dominic reyes has one loss and it was to the arguably the best lightweight fighter of all time so exactly. I mean, what are you gonna I mean, do there? He's, he's young. He's big. Um, you know, maybe not the most jack guy, but he's pretty big, and uh, he's talented. I mean, I do think he has to be. Obviously, you know, if he wins the championship, he has to be for me. Uh, Tiago Santos. I think that fight has to happen. Uh, obviously, I think. Uh, Tiago was so Tiago was supposed to fight Glover Teixeira um, two weeks ago, and Glover Teixeira got coronavirus, so they rescheduled 
the fight for uh, October 3rd. And then Tiago got COVID, so I think they're pushing it again. Um, so that fight's going to happen, but I, I'm, I'm going to take Tiago probably. But Tiago also fought John Jones relatively close, had a bad knee injury, which could have affected his fighting ability a little bit. Um, but I think you've got to make, uh, to me, I'm surprised that they didn't make Tiago Santos in this fight against Dominic Reyes, being that he knocked out Jan Blachowicz. I mean, I, I agree. I agree. And just just to drive that point home about Dominic Reyes, like, you have one professional loss, and it's against arguably the greatest lightweight fighter of all time in John Jones. Like, I don't even count that. Plus, he took John Jones to the distance, you know? Like, he took him sure. to decision. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a clean-cut KO loss. Like, he didn't take it on the chin. Like, he took him to the limit in that fight exactly. earlier this year. Yeah, big time. Big time. I mean, and, you know... Santos also took him to decision. Not, I, I don't think it was as close as Reyes. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think that fight has to happen too. Now, I get how they do it. You know, they want to make more fights. And, okay, so instead of having the two guys, top guys, fight each other, let's take, let's say, you know, one and three and two and four. And then pair them off afterwards. So I get it. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I'm taking Reyes. I, I think he's pretty solid. I, I get what you mean, though, by it not being as big, because this is the first time we're going to have a champion in the 205 division in nine years, uh, other than John Jones or Daniel Cormier. I yeah. mean, there's been no champion. And uh, you know what? An- another thing that's very interesting is is uh, Rumble Johnson could be... I was a huge, huge Rumble Johnson guy when he came through the ranks. Talk about explosive. Talk about fucking explosive. I love that guy. And a great guy, too. He's a really good guy. Um, To me, I think he beats all these guys. No doubt. Yeah. And, and, you know, okay, now he's making his decision to come back. Who did he lose? He lost to DC, right? That's who he lost, he lost to? to DC. Yeah. He lost to DC twice. He lost to DC twice, but he, he's knocked out everyone else. I mean, the guy, every, Alexander Gustafson, I mean, everyone else. He, he you know, Glover Teixeira, all these guys he, he put away. And he even rocked DC. If you watch, I forget which fight it was, but he rocked DC. I don't know how DC recovered, but like, he hit DC and DC flew off his feet. <laughs> like, he rocked DC. You'll have to go find that video. It was unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to see him come back. I mean, and he's a guy who could instantly probably get a title fight, if not a horn fight. I mean, I think he's deadly. And he would be a great mix to add into uh, the 205 division. Now, I think, to, to be honest with you, that's the only guy that could get John Jones to come back down to 205. Rumble? Is Rumble Johnson. Yeah, because that fight never happened. Uh, they almost had it happen at one point. I'm I'm pretty sure, but um, yeah, Rumble Rumble never faced John Jones, and uh, he could give him a run for his Rumble, money for Rumble, sure. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if Rumble Johnson comes, wins the championship, defends, let's say you know two or three times, and looks look at Philby, yeah, could motivate John to come back down and try and get his old belt. Uh, I mean. <laughs> 
That that's an interesting concept. I mean, we're kind of like ap- a few months ago we talked about like all these different dream fights, and they've kind of all come and went. They've all kind of faded away because McGregor's yeah. retired. Though, like, who knows? You know, we we still might yeah. see him in the octagon sometime. Like a year from now, we could be talking about one of his fights. Uh, but we were talking about McGregor Diaz, some of those dream fights, Cormier Lesnar, Jones Lesnar. Jones versus Rumble Johnson is a dream fight, and it's legitimate. It could happen. It could very well happen now, which is which is cool to see. I mean, you know, I, I, I didn't get to see a lot of Rumble Johnson's career, like when I started watching uh, the UFC, but I saw the tail end. Um, and I actually, you know, was just getting into it heavily once uh he retired so it would be awesome to like see his comeback you know and and watch him potentially get a championship you know in the 205 division which would be cool well right now in the 205 division dominic race i i think he he takes this one home i mean uh beyond blockowitz and that's the way i'm going to pronounce his name because i feel like that's the most generic way to say it uh blackowitz yeah. he's again like you said great fighter uh i just think dominic reyes he's just a special talent again like the only time that you could say that he was off his game was taking john jones to the limit in a five-round fight so i that's way easier to me than picking adesanya versus costa yeah I, i'm with you and one thing i'll, I'll add to that before we uh, move on to the next fight is another thing he had the close fight with John Jones, right? Yeah. And I think Reyes now is going. This that fight really motivated him to work harder and to now prove something. Like, okay, he believes he beat John Jones. Now he's he wants to prove that he is the champ by winning. Obviously, he wants to do it in domination fashion. He wants to leave no doubt for people. I think he's going to improve off of that loss and carry him to be a pretty good champion um and i think you know maybe not jan because i do think jan's tough and it's possible but i think maybe in future defenses he'll get some finishes and uh continue to improve i mean he is 12 and 1 you know he doesn't have too too many mma fights i think you know he's kind of younger in his career i think there's more for him to absorb and learn he is relatively young guy i think we haven't seen the best dominic reyes and uh you know that that fight only made him hungrier i think so definitely uh solid and kind of i don't want to say set in stone pick but pretty confident pick in dominic reyes well i'll say this mikey you definitely kind of persuaded me into watching this fight because i was not that excited for it before but now i think i'm gonna watch i i I think i want to see dominic reyes see what he's capable of in this fight just to see who's next on the list that's the thing i mean he's a fun fighter watch he has a good amount of finishes on his you know resume and jan blachowicz has some you know finishes as well and they're both talented fighters i mean i do think Although, you know, it's not a John Jones 205 title fight, I do think it'll be an entertaining title fight. Right. And what's what's next? Cara France? Kai Cara France yep. versus uh, Brandon Royval? Yep. Uh, so, you know, you got two kind of tough fighters. Royval is more of your scrappy type fighter, you know, finds his ways to win. And uh, in my opinion, I think France is just more well-rounded. Um he also 
fights at the same camp as Adesanya, uh, you know, same uh, team. Right. I think that's a big thing. You know, it's championship caliber over there. And uh, also, just, I know Adesanya is about, you know, that kind of energy and stuff. And, you know, I know they flew in together, and I think they got some good things rolling. They have, you know, their their, their uh, camps and coaches are full throttle with them, you know, coming in. And I do think that uh, France is just the overall better fighter, I think, you know, in every department, striking and grappling. So I'm going to go with France here. He's obviously got uh, more experience. He's 21-8 and eight compared to Royval, who is, you know, 11-4. and four. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go with France here. I think there's a number of ways he could win, but, you know, you could call it a decision if you need a, a, a method of victory. Now, on the very little research that I've actually done on Roy Vall, like, he, he definitely has a future. I mean, he's 11-4 and four right now. Oh, yeah. I definitely I'm, I'm intrigued by him as a fighter, but like you said, like, just based off experience alone, Carol France has him numbered. I mean, he, he's literally he's a veteran, right? He's yeah, a veteran exactly. in the sense yeah, of, the, sure. of the word. And, and Roy Vall, like I said, you know, he, fi- he finds a way to win. He has a little bit of a dog in him which uh, in the future definitely is going to take him somewhere. But, you know. And this takes us to the women uh, bantamweight uh, fight. Can you please pronounce these names before I embarrass myself? Yeah, so we have Catlin Vieira and then Sejara Eubanks. Sejara Eubanks, interesting. Yes. Uh, this fight, this fight, I think is, is going to be a lot closer than people would think. I feel like you would take Vieira in this fight just based off of her track record alone. But I don't, I don't know. Yes. Eubanks to me, just uh, who was who was the last fighter named Thug that we were talking about? Rose. Yeah. Uh, 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 yes. yes. And uh, yes. she kind of has that vibe to me, like that same that same kind of like fiery, uh, like in your face type mentality, and uh, completely different like body builds, like completely different yes. yeah, yeah, different yeah. fighters for sure. I saw that look on your face. You're like, what the hell are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> so I just had to explain myself. But they just kind of have that same mentality to me. I could see Eubanks pulling off an upset here, and I'm actually going to take her in this fight for this fight card. We've agreed to this point, but this is where we kind of turn the tables. I like Sajara Eubanks over Vieira just based on her mentality alone. Yeah, I mean... You, you hit that pretty good, and, and you made some good comments uh, about Vieira. But, um, and, you know, Eubanks just had a fight uh, two weeks ago at UFC Fight Night, Waterson versus Hill. Yeah. Um, she, she did get the win, and she did it in pretty uh, convincing form, um, you know, doing well on the feet and the ground, especially the ground. She really showed her strength on the ground. And... Um, you know, this fight. I think the, a little bit of the problem is is if Eubanks gets in trouble on the feet, she can't uh, rely on the ground because I think that Vieira is just as good on the ground, if not better. Um, just in my opinion, I mean, it's it's a very close fight. It could go either way. I mean, I did go against Eubanks last time, uh, and she proved me wrong. Uh, but I just think Vieira is a little bit better. Um, I do know what you mean by by Eubanks getting in her face. She does. She she's a girl fighter who brawls for sure. Yeah. Um, 
and you know she'll mess a girl up for as well but I just think that Vieira is a little bit better all around and I think like I said before if if she gets Eubanks in trouble Eubanks can't uh, rely on the ground just because I think you uh, uh, Vieira is just as good if not better on the ground so I'm going to take Vieira by decision and I like Vieira striking as well Okay, so, and again, like, I try to take at least one upset per, per, per prediction for a pay-per-view. After the Geechee fight, I'm just, I'm cocky like that. Like, I have to take at least one. This is going to, Eubanks is going to be my one. I, I'm really sniffing a victory out here for her. Which kind of takes us to the featherweight fight between Hakeem and Zubara. This is probably, like, this is the fifth fight on the card. This is going to open the, the pay-per-view. This is a pretty damn good matchup. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you have, you know, the, the striking uh, style fighter in Hakeem and more of the ground fighter in Zabaru, uh, Zabara. And um, Zabara tends to kind of make some interesting decisions, maybe not so intelligent decisions, and yeah. that could get him in trouble against a guy like Hakeem who has power and could put him away. Um, but if Zabara does utilize the ground and makes good decisions, uh, he could get a win for sure. But uh, I'm going to take Hakeem by knockout. Hakeem by knockout, okay. Because yeah. younger guy, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Started later. Um yeah, I mean, the, the line is, is pretty even. It, it, it's a relatively even fight. Because Zubara's uh, got about, like, ten fights on him. Yes, yeah. And, um, you know, Verdict does have uh, uh, Hakeem as the underdog, but uh, I'm going to take him. Interesting. I, I, I thought that... Based on experience alone in this one, too, Zabara kind of has him a little bit outmatched. Just because, again, Hakeem, he's 11 and 1. Yeah. What were you saying? I was just going to say, like, he, uh, 11 and 1, like, he definitely has the upper hand, but, like, I feel like this is kind of one of his first bigger tests, so to speak. Uh, someone who's yeah. been around a while, someone who who's probably more focused now than ever, trying to climb that ladder again uh, in For Zubara. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, Zubara's ground game is definitely better than uh, Hakeem's. I just think that Hakeem could definitely catch him, and Hakeem's got some pretty good power behind him, so it's going to be tough if he gets clipped, you know? Yeah. And, you know, each fight starts on the feet. You know, even if Zubara is up in the fight, you know, winning on the ground, I think Hakeem does have a chance to, to put him away. It's tough, though. That's a tough fight. It's very, very even. So The line is very even, at least. So for this one, so for this preview, UFC 253 preview, uh, we're both taking out Asanya for, over Costa. Or are you taking you, – you said you wanted to see Costa. I want to see Costa, and you know what? Uh, since I haven't taken any underdogs at all, uh, and I like the points I'll get on verdict – for, for picking Costa by uh, knockout. I'm going to go Costa over Adesanya, and partially because I want Costa to win. It's tough because, you know, Adesanya probably will do what he's been doing, and he's a superstar. But 
I'm going to take Costa as my as my underdog on the card. Yeah, I, I mean, Adesanya, to me, like you said, his cockiness, he backs it up in the ring, or in the octagon, excuse me, every every damn time. I mean, he's 19-0 and 0 for a reason. Costa is a dangerous, dangerous dude. Uh, probably, probably more dangerous than Yoel Romero. I mean, I mean, he's still on the up and up. Yoel Romero is more of a veteran. He's been around a while. But Yoel Romero and Paulo Costa, they have that similar, just scary intensity. You know, like they're just both very yoked men who get the job done. Yeah, and when you compare those two, you know, they're very similar in power and and how strong they are and how jacked they are. But the difference is, is Yoel kind of lulls people in and kind of throws the counter stuff. Paul Acosta hunts you down. He's chasing you, which is scary and tough. Uh, and if he clips you, you're screwed. So that's that's what I think personally makes him a little even more dangerous than. Uh, However, I I, th- I think that I think that intensity and that aggressiveness kind of works in the favor for Adesanya because he does use his brain a lot. He does use his intelligence to kind of. Uh, 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 swipe victories from underneath his opponents, and like if Costa's just going to come after him like a big dummy, then Adesanya—that's the problem. That's that's that, that's his that, big bugaboo, that's exactly right? Exactly the problem. And the question is, is you know, is Adesanya? I mean, Adesanya or uh, Costa rather is Costa gonna go across and just chase him down, or is he gonna play a little bit different than people think? We'll find out Saturday. And then we're both taking uh, DR, Dominic Reyes, right? Yep. I think this is, like, no-brainer if you're a betting man. No-brainer for him uh, uh, to win this one in the light heavyweight championship co-main event. Uh, not to say Blackowitz is not great. He's an up-and-comer. He still has a lot to prove. I just think this is a mismatch for him. Yeah, I mean... It's definitely his toughest fight right now uh, in the UFC, and I just think that Reyes, without John Jones in the division, is definitely the best in that division. Yeah, and then we're both taking the veteran Cara France over uh, Roy Val, right? Though, again, from the research that I've done on Roy Val, his his striking, his intelligence, his overall passion uh, for it, I I think he's one of the future guys. I I could see him going on a roll at one point uh, in his young career. For sure, for sure. I just, you know, you pr- you basically hit it head on, you know, on the nail. I mean, France just is a little bit too well-rounded, in my opinion. Yeah. Though. And uh, the, the fight of the night that I'm going to be interested in, just because I predicted it, and I, do, I see a lot in her, Eubanks. I'm going Eubanks over Vieira. I, you think that's probably the upset of the century. But I've done it before, man. No, not, not upset by the century, because it's a pretty close fight. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I did go against Eubanks. Uh, you know, two weeks ago, and that didn't go well for me. But um, I like Vieira. And then we got Hakeem versus Zubara. I think we disagreed on this one too. Zubara, to me, I'm just going again with experience over Hakeem. I know Hakeem's very dominant, very explosive, coming out of the gate 11 and one. But I, I think he's going to get humbled by Zubara in this one. He could, could very well. I just think that he'll catch uh, Zubara and uh, put him away. And that's the UFC 253 main card. So we got, we're about 50 minutes into this, Mike. Uh, Going to go about an hour here. So we could do one of two things, and I'll give you the choice. It is your show. 
we could do UFC 253 prelim reviews, or you can go with the mystery box that I will tell you after uh, we go with what we're going to talk about. Because it's a very interesting subject. We don't talk about it a lot on podcasts, me and you, but it's something that I find very intriguing that I kind of want to bring up before we end the show. Okay, I'm going to choose mystery box, and before you do that, I'm just going to take, like, one minute to just talk about, like, one minute of the prelims. The only two the only two fights I could say anything about really is the Diego Sanchez and Jake Matthews fight. Uh, really, the two biggest names on the prelims, in my opinion. Uh, Diego Sanchez, I think, is getting too old, and I think he's probably going to get finished. Uh by Jake Matthews. I think Jake Matthews is pretty solid. And uh, William Knight, I recognize because he won a uh, fight on the Dana Wade Contender Series. You know, pretty big guy. Um, I'm interested to see what he could do, especially coming off the Contender Series. And uh, I don't really know too, too much about his, about his opponent, but I'm interested to see him fight. Now, time for the mystery box. Got that out of your system? Yep, I had to, I had to just roll through it, just because... I just had to let that go. So I think it was a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, Tim Kennedy was on the Joe Rogan experience, and I'm sure you saw it. Tim Kennedy. I didn't watch it, but I saw that he was on there, yeah. Tim Kennedy suggested that Joe Rogan host the presidential debate on the Joe Rogan experience between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, which Donald Trump agreed to on Twitter. Not to say that he's got total control over that happening, but the fact that Donald Trump, the president of the United States, and we don't get into politics much on this show, but it is UFC-related because Joe Rogan is a UFC commentator. We, we, this would be epic. This would be history. After his interview. That's right. That was a fight note. We could talk about that, too. He, he called him, and he sounded very genuine, by the way. Did you hear that yeah. during the interview? He didn't know. He was, there was, I don't believe he knew he was on speakerphone. He was... He was calling him as a genuine person, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, I, I know he recognizes Kobe Covington, you know, as a supporter, and I know Kobe, Covington goes to a lot of the rallies and, and does a lot of supporting for Trump. So, um, you know, giving him a call. They've, they've met a few times uh, on occasion. I know Covington brought him the interim championship belt and a couple times at the rallies and stuff. So, you know, giving respect to each other, basically. I mean, he, he sounded, he was just like, oh, man, that was a pretty fucking epic fight, man. <laughs> like, he, he sounded very yeah. genuine, unpres, unpresidential, like, but, you know, that's, that's, and you can that's tell, DJT. you can tell he, uh, he doesn't really know fighting no. at all. Or he probably doesn't know, know sports that all. Currently, yeah, probably not, and doesn't really watch, you know, as an avid, uh, you know, viewer. As but, the president of the United States, I don't know if he has time to watch. True, true. For the most but part. He obviously he watched this genuine. fight. You're right about that. He's definitely genuine. With, could you imagine Could you imagine that debate, though? Trump, Biden, Rogan, just the three of them in his studio for four hours? Yeah. Well, first of all, four hours is a long time. And, you you know, there's reason why Trump would want it to be four hours. I won't really talk politics. But, um yeah, it would be very interesting, and I think Joe Rogan would be a great person to moderate that. Even if it's not on his podcast or in his studio, for him to moderate it, Just period. in general, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, everyone's talking like, oh, you know, in his podcast, in his podcast. 
I don't even think it needs to be in his podcast. If just Joe Rogan moderates it, I think that's a great thing. Reason being, Joe Rogan will ask great questions. Joe Rogan will ask great follow-up questions. He's very down the middle, very honest, very straight up, you know, and he's realistic. And he's also someone who's, he's, you know, I don't want to say he's an everyday person because he does some great things, but he thinks and understands everyday people, which is also kind of something that could uh, help people relate to. You know what I mean? I think personally it'd be a great thing. Uh, I mean, you got fun to watch. You have the Republican Party on board with it. Like, I mean, he's on board with it. Is Joe Biden going to be on board with that, though? I feel like this doesn't favor him at all. It doesn't. Joe Rogan has said some bad things about Joe Biden on a show, and Joe Biden's Joe Biden, or not Joe Biden, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is a known left winger, right? Yeah, no, he he said, you know, he has said a lot of people think because I I agree with a lot of conservative views, they think I'm conservative. But he has said on his podcast he he is, um, you know, a libertarian. But uh, you know, he is left wing. But um, I do think it favors Trump, and uh, he had, you know, Joe Rogan has criticized both. Trump and uh, Biden. Right. But I definitely don't think it would be in Biden's favor whatsoever. Um, no. Especially being four hours. That definitely wouldn't help him either. That's that's um, the biggest thing. Four hours, like, that's a lot of room for error. One hour. One hour on camera is a lot of room for error. But, however, they're going to have to do this debate regardless. Yes. Well, that's the thing. I mean, so I'm actually supposed to go back to school Wednesday, and... Uh, well, in, in person's Wednesday, uh, and a, a debate, not, you know, with Joe Rogan being there, is supposed to be that Tuesday, so I'm like, I'm just going to stay home to watch it, uh, um, and then go back Wednesday, but uh, a lot of people don't think Biden's going to go through with it, but they think that he's going to pull out somehow, and I don't want to talk politics, I'm just saying it as a casual person. A lot of people say that they don't think uh, Biden will go through with a in-person debate and they're going to try and not uh, have one and and just as a viewer not even looking at politics or even listening to what biden says some sentences he says i i don't think they're free-flowing regular straight-up sentences i mean he makes some some combos of words and stuff that aren't in order and don't make much sense. And again, we don't we don't love talking politics at all, and I'm not gonna no. go no, no, in no, any no. which direction at all because it is very fragile in 2020. <laughs> but yeah. that should tell you a lot that Joe Biden doesn't want to do an in-person debate, and he did his his uh, his acceptance of the uh, the Democratic uh, nominee was not in person. He was at his home where Donald Trump, obviously he had the support of the fact that he lived in the White House, but like he had hundreds of people on hand, you know? So say say what you want about the guy. Donald Trump, to me, has shown He's great... He's calling for it, though. He's calling yeah. for it. Donald Trump it, it, is very presidential, whether anybody likes to admit it or not. I agree with you, and I, I also think, you know, he's basically, he kind of takes the approach of, you know, I don't want to make the comparison of a fighter but like bring your best to me i'm gonna do my best you do your best and whatever happens happens 
Joe, Joe Biden. Joe, Joe Biden knows he has weaknesses when it comes to talking with Donald Trump. When it comes to matching Donald Trump word for word, he he knows that for a fact, and everybody knows it because he hasn't gone out of his way to fight him on that fact. Yeah. Have you ever heard? Uh, I, I totally agree with you, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of. Uh, going on track here but have you heard and this was years ago i think have you heard on joe rogan's podcast of, of joe rogan talking about how he thinks a fist fight would go between donald trump and joe biden not at all but donald trump you would assume would just stomp the guy <laughs> yeah well so i'm just paraphrasing this rogan was pretty much saying that like biden would like swing and miss trump and then Biden would fall down and then Trump would kick him in the face and Biden's teeth would be coming out and then Trump would be standing there. I never lose. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go watch that video. It's pretty funny. That was a while ago, I'm pretty sure. Before even, you know, Biden, you know, was serious about. Yeah, Trump, I mean, you know, that, it's like it's like when Connor beat Cerrone. His hair is his perfect quaff isn't even going to get messed up. Yeah. Nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I think you're totally right, and it, it's a tough thing to not, you know, bring in views. You know, you want right. to talk about this without bringing in views, but uh, it's I, hard. I, for one, want to see it happen, and I want to see them interact and talk, and I do think Joe Rogan moderating it would be fun. I mean, even without Joe Rogan, if it just happens, I'd be happy to watch it, but yeah, and Rogan, I think it adds in a lot, and, and it'll show you a lot, too, that might not be shown if he wasn't completely unedited that's the that's the number one thing that he'd want he said i want it to just be the three of us in the room have the cameras set up in the studio have it be completely unedited do you think how do you okay so how do you think like the the body language and voice direction and like kind of angerness or not angerness is not really a good word but like if it gets heated up well, yes, there's going to be there is going to be security right outside the studio, if not behind the cameras. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it would get into a fist fight or anything, but like, I, I could see them kind of getting pretty heated up. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say anything specific, but yeah, Joe Rogan experience presidential debate: Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. The world wants to see it. Rogan wants to see it. Trump yeah. wants to see it. Does Joe you know, Biden want to see say, it? Though, I will say. Even if just one of them go on a po- on the podcast, just in general, like if Trump goes on the podcast, like let's say Biden doesn't want to do it, and Trump goes on and just has a podcast with Joe Rogan, I think that could be beneficial for him as well. Or if Joe Rogan or, or if Joe Biden even did it, I mean, I don't know if it'd be beneficial for him, but it would be still something to see for people and people would watch that for sure. It would definitely add to things. It would definitely add a lot for Joe Rogan. Well, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, you know, who's getting all the views? You should probably end this show before we say something we both regret. Yeah, I, I'm with you there for sure. I'm so bummed. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's only going to break up with you. He's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used tick pick. Hey, what'd you say? Oh, tick pick. I thought you said 
TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.